Hi, I'm Scott Kay, Vice President of Agriculture Solutions at BSF. Joining you today from my family farm in Atlantic, Iowa. From the entire BSF team, I want to thank farmers and the agriculture communities who supported them throughout a challenging yet successful 22 season. The work you do every day makes it possible for us to have food on the table at Thanksgiving and every day of the year. You are truly doing the biggest job on earth. So from my family to yours, we wish you a happy and blessed holiday season and a prosperous new year. Hello, I'm Kurt Coffey with Case IH. This is a very special time of year, and for most of you, many of you, the hard work is done, and you're now reaping the rewards of a bountiful harvest. On behalf of myself and our entire Case IH family, thank you to all of you, our customers, farmers, partners, who work tirelessly to feed, to power, and to clothe the world. We gather now during Thanksgiving to celebrate the many blessings that we have been given. It's a time of gratitude and, frankly, togetherness. The fact is the future of agriculture is very bright because of your hard work, your dedication to this noble industry. And for that, I'm very thankful. We'll see you all out in the field. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Happy Thanksgiving. And I'm Tyne Morgan, and welcome to this year's Harvest of Thanks. Clinton, what a year it's been between rising prices for, well, everything, as well as higher commodity prices. There's also been drought, fires, and severe weather, but the great thing right now, many families are gathering together again as we put the pandemic behind us in the rear view and something well worth noting as we also celebrate the end of harvest. That's right, and a young farmer just rolled through his second harvest ever. And the way he got his 250 acre farm is quite the story. The roar of harvest, a satisfaction from another season. Okay, so we should be good. As brothers Grant and Spencer Hilbert bring in their second crop ever. I think we worked out all the kinks to where now corn, we're going smooth for the first 10 acres here, so. Soybeans, however, were a challenge on their small 250-acre farm located between Iowa City and Des Moines. We were averaging about five to six acres per breakdown, I'd say. A bumpy start for the first-generation operators. This harvest so far, going a bit slower compared to last, but I think corn's a lot more enjoyable than beans do. It's a harsh reality for these experts in virtual reality. Okay, we should be good to fire up the separator. Playing a game called Farming Simulator, Grant is the man behind the mic of popular YouTube channel, The Squad. So in 2014, I started a YouTube channel with a buddy. Um, after 2,000 subscribers, I kind of took over the YouTube channel and we were playing Farming Simulator. Today, it boasts more than 1.3 million subscribers. In the evenings uh, during college, I was just, uh, every night I was making a video. And so my goal was every single day for the next four years to make a video and so. Success from a video game, simulating farming, while memories from his childhood, riding in the combine with extended family, pulled at his future. Our parents didn't farm. It was our, our grandparents and aunts and uncles, distant family, so. In 2020 and 2021, 
Grant pushed all in, taking his YouTube profits and other investments and rolling $1.8 million into physical assets. He bought an Iowa farm. Ran a couple errands and uh, went to the FSA office and got to do all that fun paperwork. It's a new adventure. Right now, we're hobby farmers kind of out here on wheat. We, I call it weekend warrior farmers. And a new YouTube page. Stuff. And so that's what I try to do with YouTube is, 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 is document the journey, like the real life journey of certain farming. As he and his brother trade simulated harvest for the real thing. Now when we play the game, it's like, hey, we've done this. We've done, you know, we're, we were just kids in our parents' basement playing video games. And now it's like, you really just appreciate it a lot more in real life. While they're still playing Farming Simulator, Grant has a company planning to release its own simulator game called American Farming, built to look like a typical Midwest farm. So this is kind of vacation, but if I could do this full time someday, it doesn't have to be a crazy amount of acres, but just physically working out here, you know, spending a lot more time working out here, that, that, that's the dream, that's the goal. As he shares every step, perfect or not, with the world. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. My dream ever since a kid was to be a full-time farmer. This is, this is vacation, this is, this is literally what I love, a physical farm. Still ahead, bringing in the harvest can be challenging on a good day. But Clinton, when you're doing it without the backbone of your family, what do you do? One family didn't need to worry because they coped with a sudden loss with their community as they didn't miss a beat. That's next as our Harvest of Thanks continues. Harvest of Thanks is brought to you by Case IH. Case IH equipment is designed, engineered, and built by farmers. See their stories at builtbyfarmers.com and by BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. Well, rural America is painted with community after community that shows resilience in times of need. And in Creston, Iowa, that was on full display only a few weeks ago after the sudden loss of a farmer, father, husband, and friend, an able leader whose selfless service made him a staple in the community. And the loss put that community in motion to orchestrate a true harvest of thanks. Paul Baker was a man of faith. My mom and my sister and I spent five days with him in the hospital. And he shared with us he'd only missed mass twice. He missed mass that Sunday. He made us go. A devout Catholic, his faith flourished. Even on days, his health was slowly fading away. Just a tough, tough old farmer. So I truly believe he waited as long as he possibly could because he's so tough. It all started last December. What the family thought was long haulers from COVID just wouldn't go away. He finally got over part of it, and but it just never, um, was a full recovery. What they didn't know until just five days before Paul passed, it was something much more severe. I think the diagnosis came through on a Tuesday and he passed away that Thursday. A man who had never smoked a day in his life had lymphoma that had turned into lung cancer. And I know he didn't want to be in the hospital and this is why we think it was so quick. We think he just waited till he couldn't. Looking back, his daughters say they now see signs that their dad knew his health would be tested this year. He didn't buy cattle this year. There were just some things he seemed to kind of know and he would never want to burden us with any of that. A man who always put others before himself was a sudden and deep loss, not only for the family, but the entire community of Creston, Iowa. There's other people in the community knew something was going on. I had a neighbor show up, said, I'm gonna run some of your beans. 
Thank God he did. I got to spend Wednesday out the hospital. With corn still left in the field, the community didn't skip a beat, orchestrating a beautiful final harvest for a man who lived a life of integrity. It was a, a great effort from the community. We had people from 20 miles away. Um, Paul is very respected. Uh, there's a lot of people who came. A week after Paul passed, nearly 25 combines and 38 trucks came together for this, a harvest of 600 acres in only four hours. Everything works like clockwork. There were captains and every, there's like five teams. And so it's quite, it was quite organized. It was, it was very overwhelming. Our family is eternally grateful um, for what you did. And dad, he's just up there shaking his head that whole day. We thought like just in disbelief because he was a very humble person as well. I would like to say thank you. And people have come up to me after this has been all over and said, were you surprised? And I said, no. <laughs> the kids were little, we would go somewhere when we'd come home. <laughs> um, he would say, I'm gonna take you to the best place on earth. And we would they'd get all excited like Disney World or something. And we would drive back into the driveway and he said, here we are. And it's true. I just wanna thank everyone for everything they did. Paul Baker's memory will live on through acts of kindness throughout Creston, Iowa. A community that truly cares, showing so with the ultimate harvest of thanks. Well, they pour over news reports, charts, facts, figures, and crunch numbers every day when the markets are open. But they're as comfortable in the office as they are in the combine. Meet one market analyst with a double duty next. It's easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the day-to-day -day commodity markets, but for some advisors, life beyond the terminal helps to color their view of the trade. Michelle Rook joins us. And Michelle, now you went from the office to the field with two noted market analysts. That's right, Clinton. And of course, most farmers, it's their favorite time of the year, harvest, because they get to see the results of their hard work. However, for some, marketing that crop can be a daunting task, especially with all the volatility and uncertainty of the current market environment. Nobody knows that better than two farmers turned market advisors. Matt Bennett always knew he wanted to farm, but while attending the University of Illinois, a professor helped him discover he had another calling. He told me all along that you really need to be doing something involved with the markets. You've got a good general knowledge of it and, and you talk it well. And So he started speaking and doing market interviews, which grew into a brokerage business. Today he's co-owner of agmarket.net and says wearing both hats gives him a unique perspective. Whenever you're actively involved in farming, you understand that, you know, typically we're not real cash heavy folks, you know, asset rich, cash poor is, is the adage. And that is the truth. And, and it definitely changes your perception of what you need to be doing from a marketing standpoint, uh, how to protect yourself, how to manage risk. And it certainly has served me well in my career to approach things from a, hey, let's defend our profit margins. Bennett realizes marketing is hard because it's emotional. So knowing your cost of production is key. We got to know our finances like the back of our hand and then approach our marketing like we're a business because we are a business. And Bennett is transparent about what he's doing for marketing on his own farm and doesn't recommend a strategy he wouldn't use himself. The same is true for Indiana farmer Chuck Shelby, who owns Risk Management Commodities. What we tell our clients to do is what uh, I do on our farm, my son does. So 
Uh, if it's right, it's good for me. If it's wrong, it's also bad for me and my son. Shelby says the markets have changed substantially since he started in the business, especially the volatility and the factors that influence the market beyond fundamentals. In the last uh, several years, uh, there's been so many outside factors. Uh, you've got a war going on, you've got inflation, you've got a dollar is changing value, you've got so many things that impact us. We've got a lot of components that move markets pretty significantly, and, and that makes it even more challenging to figure out what's the right answer. And he understands the influence the fund and algorithm traders have on the commodity markets can be discouraging for farmers. It's, it is part of the world today that we farmers have to market in. And again, they can be good for us. Funds have made markets go higher than they should. Uh, we get frustrated as farmers when they make it go down. But uh, overall, the money flow into the markets and the outside factors are generally a positive. Both Bennett and Shelby say if they had to pick one profession, farming would always win but they're thankful to get to combine their two passions to help others in agriculture. All right, thanks, Michelle. Well, coming up, an agronomist who made a difference around the world, helping save millions of lives from starvation. It's a story that all started on a farm. Andrew McCrae brings it to us from the American countryside next. Welcome back. Well, Norman Borlaug was one of the key figures in the Green Revolution who helped farmers grow more and better crops around the world. His work led him to receive the Nobel Peace Prize for the lives he helped save through food and nutrition. He was able to put food on the table for those who may have had to go without any food at all. Andrew McRae takes us to the farm where the story began. South of Cresco, Iowa, you will find a small farmstead with quite a story. By the time that they uh, came to live in this house, which was 1922, um, uh, Norm was about eight years old or so, and they had just bought the, the farm a, a year or two before that. Uh, it was 56 acres. And it later grew to just over 100 acres in size. Tom Spindler is speaking of young Norman Borlock from the family's farm south of Cresco, Iowa. And I remember Charlotte, uh, his younger sister, said that the family always felt, uh, even when he was a teenage boy, that this guy had something in him that was something special. The family drove Norman 14 miles into Cresco, where he would board for the week, then come home on the weekends to help on the family's farm. Norman's agriculture teacher and his wrestling coach encouraged him to go to college. His grandfather, Nels, helped make that happen. As Norm decided to go to the University of Minnesota, as he gave him 11 silver dollars and he said to Norm, he says, Norm boy, you take this, you can pay your tuition with it for the first, the first quarter. And he says, feed your head now so you can feed your belly later. Norman would go on to feed much more than his own belly. Borlaug helped develop wheat varieties in Mexico and later in Pakistan, India, and other locations that helped feed and save the lives of millions of people. His work led many to call him the father of the Green Revolution. Today, the farm where Borlaug was raised continues his mission. We do lots of educational programming here, uh, and so we have area fifth graders from uh, probably a dozen different schools. Borlaug's work was recognized by many around the world. Notably, he won the 1970 Nobel Peace Prize and later the Presidential Medal of Freedom, among many awards in his lifetime. But as Spindler shares, Borlaug was always a teacher at heart, a mission they carry on today, and a story that shows the impact one farm boy can have on the world. And look at what he did in his lifetime from being just a farm kid um, that is feeding his horses and the 
cows and the chickens and farming that land with horses out there. And look what he did in his lifetime. He turns around and, and uh, is credited with saving hundreds of millions of lives. Norman Borlaug's early years here on the farm truly influenced his life forever. They were lessons that he carried with him to impact the lives of literally millions of people around the globe. And it's an educational focus that continues on his farm yet today. With Harvest of Thanks, near Cresco, Iowa, I'm Andrew McCray. Coming up, some thoughts on bringing in the harvest. From the first to the last, next. Your next piece of equipment is on MachineryPete.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineryPete.com. Thanksgiving began as a chance to celebrate the end of harvest, a moment to reflect on the accomplishments of a year's work and to look forward into a promising future. A future hopefully seeded with combines and cattle for Liz Forker's daughter. The little one made her harvest debut this season. Well, my grandpa was um, freshly back from a hip replacement surgery and he was driving the combine and my little one and I brought lunch out to everybody in the field and um, we had stopped just to eat some pizza and I saw the combine sitting there and it was kind of too good of an opportunity to pass up. The harvest headed for cow chow brought a moment of mindfulness this holiday season after a year of drought and life changes. This year, I'm obviously thankful for a new little one. I'm thankful for the opportunity to raise cows with my husband and come back to my family's farm and feedlot operation. We sold our first group of calves this year and um, God's goodness just in giving us the grass to feed them in the midst of a drought is a huge blessing. The seventh generation now ready to succeed on this Nebraska operation. It's always been a big deal to me to be the sixth generation on our family operation and just to have the opportunity to bring um, a little one back is a huge blessing. I, I will never take for granted the things that people in, in front of us have done um, to make that possible and I think it's a huge privilege. Meanwhile, not the first, but the 50th harvest for Paul Wetter. His son Jonathan was there to see it. Dad's goal this year was to finish his 50th crop and um, you know he was out there the last day I think that was the 19th of October and you know we finished up and it was a, a good feeling for him and and uh, a goal met. A magical milestone captured by photographer Lexi McDonough. And when she called I was like oh you know pictures okay um, but yeah she just she did a phenomenal job and the sunset just turned out amazing that night. Picture perfect memories for a family to hold in their hearts as Paul prepares to say goodbye. Diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, Paul's 50th harvest will likely be his last. For him, the views from the combine cab are the best in the world. Described as a stubborn optimist, his lessons from harvest will forever linger. First of all, it's just, you know, treat your neighbor like you'd want to be treated. Um, Anybody that knows my dad knows that he has the utmost integrity um, and has always had that, you know, um, be a good steward of the land. And I guess the, the main one that I take away from it is just be prepared, you know. Um, I'm not kidding when I say we're ready to go to the field in probably the middle of July. Prepared for life's next steps, be they firsts or lasts. May your Thanksgiving harvest be full of the memories and moments that make life worth cherishing. And we want to thank all of you for bringing in another harvest this year. 
and for all you do to help make this day and this year one in which we are truly thankful. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us at Farm Journal.